Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that you called us not just to hear your word, but actually live it out. And Lord, this morning, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us, Lord God, with some of this as well. The Holy Spirit, uh, that you would navigate through our hearts and adjust what needs to be adjusted. And we pray, Lord God, that we're able to use us for living on earth, but also to prepare us for heaven. And Lord, we thank you, we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. So today's our sermon is the portraits of Jesus, and you're probably wondering what that's all about. It's just a flash title we gave it. Um, but I want to start in Ezekiel, actually we're going to read from Revelation. So if you've got your Bibles with you, if you don't have a Bible, if you've got an app, you can download that. I'm going to read from Revelations 4. And we're going to look at four images in the Bible and they're the four faces that are around, constantly around God, the closest to the throne of God. And you've probably heard them in Scripture many times. There's the face of the eagle, the face of the lion, the face of the ox, and face of the man. Who's ever wondered what those were all about? Hands up. Cool. So um, there's so much you can get into it. There's a massive teaching on this. Um, but we don't have time today to do that. But uh, it's great that we can be, the Bible calls us to be noble as Bereans. Bereans study the Word. So they would check everything. So my encouragement would be to you to, if you want to study this more, delve into the Word, dig deep, and actually discover it for yourself. Because the more gold you dig out of it, the more richer you would be actually out of the Word of God. So this morning, we're going to just touch on a few things. And my prayer is that you walk away with some things that would help you in everyday living, but also awareness of the truth of what the Word says. So Revelations 4. And it says it's a throne in heaven. This is a title that the, the writers gave it. So after this, I looked. And this was John. John gets this vision um, given by God. And this vision of heaven. So after this, I looked. And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet sound. Come up here and I will show you what you must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and circled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, appeals of thunder. In the front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Pretty impressive, eh? It was like a, a massive, almost like a movie. Better than a movie. In the center... Around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered and they were covered with eyes in front and in the back. The first living creature was a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings. And was covered with eyes all over, all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, holy, holy, 
holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, who is, and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honor, power, for you created all things. And by your will they were created and have their being. Who's getting some imagery? Kind of, it's full on, eh? This whole picture of heaven. But the beauty of this is that, the wonderful thing is that Jesus is enthroned, he is worshipped, and this happens 24-7. The crazy thing about this, imagine that creature. Um, I like kind of sci-fi, fantasy type movie things. So I like kind of what they can create out of these producers and all that stuff they can create in Hollywood. But what they create can never compare to this. This is, this is Hollywood before Hollywood. This, some of the stuff in here is craziness. This, some of these creatures, the creatures had eyes everywhere. And you're probably wondering, why did they have eyes everywhere? Because they couldn't take their eyes of Jesus. So even when they're flying under their wings, they had eyes. And the backs they had eyes. And the front they had eyes. Everywhere, in the toes had eyes. I don't know if you know if they had toes. But the thing is that everywhere they actually came together and actually worshipped God, wherever they were, they had to keep their eyes on Jesus. That just reminds us that we need to keep our eyes on the Lord. These creatures are designed to do that. But an amazing thing is that we are the first of all creation. And God has chosen us to be that. And the thing is that we, get, we have to keep our eyes on Him. Cool. Now you're probably wondering, oh, okay, that's a cool story, Revelation. We're going to read Ezekiel, okay? Ezekiel 1. And Ezekiel 1 verse 10 paints the same picture, but actually it's more detailed because this is a vision given to God, uh, from God to Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet. And it says this in chapter 1. And we're going to read from verse 10. And it says, Their faces looked like each of the four had face a face of a human being. We heard it before, a face of a man. And on the right side, each had a face of a lion. And on the left side of the face, an ox. And also it had a face of an eagle. Such were their faces they each had two wings spreading outwards, upwards, each wing touching that of a creature on either side, and each had two wing, other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the Spirit would go, they would go. So the same vision is given to Ezekiel years before. You probably wonder, what does it mean then? What does it mean for us? Well, simplistically, what I'm going to talk about this morning is that all the creatures around the throne reflected an attribute of who God was. And we'll break it down like this. An amazing thing is that the way the Bible's broken up, and then we have the Gospels. What are the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Matthew, 
So those are the Gospels, okay? In every Gospel, it shows an angle of who Jesus is on earth from a different writer. Those angles are reflected in God's vision to Ezekiel and to John through the different animals represented. Going, ah, I, don't, I don't get it yet. Let's break it down. Here we go. So first we're going to start with the Gospel of Matthew. So all the animals reflect uh, an attribute of who God is. The Gospel of Matthew, we're going to start there. The Gospel of Matthew reflects the lion. The lion represents royalty. So Jesus is royalty. So how does it break up for us? How does it work for us? That means in all the Gospels, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew is the only time when the translators translated, instead of they translated Lord, they translated King. So if you read through the, the Gospels, if you read through the King James, which was the first English translation, you read it and you see that the only time that the Gospel writers actually use Jesus as King is in the Gospel of Matthew. And all the other times, he's referred to as Jesus as Lord. There's a reason for this, okay? So Matthew carries the theme of the face of the lion right through Matthew, okay? Why? Because Matthew's understanding of Jesus was he was the king of the Jews. He was the king of heaven. He was the king of heaven and earth. So when he was writing, he was reflecting the royalty of heaven on earth. And what does it mean for us? That means we must reflect the royalty of heaven on earth. Are we clear on that? So it's important that we understand this, that Jesus himself was royalty. He was a king. So the characteristics of a king, this is how we need to live out our faith on earth. If we're going to live like this, this is how we need to live on earth. We need to bring boundaries when boundaries need to be put in place. We need to rule and reign as Jesus ruled on reign. So we are ambassadors of Christ. An example of this is this. Because we have royalty in us because of Jesus, that means every step we go, we're taking dominion on his behalf. So we have kingship in us through Jesus. So when a king went in and his flag and his banner was waved, you knew there was a king coming. And behind the king was a kingdom. And so guess what? We're part of that kingdom. So everywhere we move and we take ground, Jesus is being advanced. Okay? So that's important. Because what happens for us practically, that means when you go into your workplace, when you go there, you don't go there just like, you don't go there with this attitude of everyone serves you. You actually go there with the authority that you can actually take the rule and the reign of heaven. That means when you start making decisions, you make decisions. Hello? So when, when someone asks you, who's going to make the decision? I'll make the decision. This is what you need to do. Who here are employers? Who employs people? <laughs> One day, hey, you're prophesying over yourself. That's great. We've got some business here. And the thing is that you guys know that you have to make decisions. At the end of the day, it, has, it comes down to your table, and there's no other table to pass it on to. And so 
when you actually live out of this existence of being royalty on earth, you start to make a decision. So you can't be confused about decisions that God is making through you. Some of you are actually working through some decisions now that you actually start need to start saying, actually, this is it. This is the decision. This is going to be done this way. This is going to be done now. Lions are the, the kings on the land. And so wherever they move, everyone else steps back. <laughs> There's a dominion that goes with you. An example of this is that, no, Shans is a police officer. Today, he's a husband and a father. Today. But when he's working, he's an officer. When he puts that on, he's a police officer. So when Shans goes out onto work, he can pull anyone over. Anyone. You pull Kevin over, and Kevin's on the way to take a flight because he's a pilot. He can pull Henry over. He can pull anyone in this room over. Why? Because he has the authority. Hello? He has the authority to do so. Because Shans, when he stands there as an officer, he doesn't represent Shans, the husband or the father. He represents Shans, officer, officiated, actually needs to bring law and justice into a particular situation. Behind him is the government of the land and the laws that bind our government together. So he steps out and tells the car to pull over. When he waves his hand like that, all that authority is behind him. The prime minister is behind him. The queen, because we are still a commonwealth country, the queen is behind him. Hello? So he carries that. Sometimes we go into situations and the devil's head has, has play around with our lives and he steps in. God wants you to step into the situation. He goes, you've got nothing. If a family member's been sick for it, you get into that situation. You go, now I'm praying because the devil's got nothing. There's people that you've been praying for for a long time and you're thinking, God, oh, they're too hard. No, no, nothing is impossible for God. You say, you take authority and you wave. You say, you have no authority. And that's the, that's the power and the authority that comes out of that face of God. The Gospel of Mark is reflected in the ox. And even though the, the face of the lion reflects royalty, the face of the ox reflects humility. Head down, get it done. Head down, get it done. Head down, get it done. Have you seen oxes when they've been out? And they just mow, mow, mow. Just get it done. They're not worried about title. They're not worried about position. They just get it done. Hard working, humility. So Matthew carries the theme of the face of the lion. And the lion stands obviously for royalty. And then when the Matthew, when we look at the gospel of, um, of Mark, we see this whole thing of Mark writing about Jesus, the servant king. Isn't that cool? So Matthew's whole theme of his gospel was the royalty of God, the king. The king is here. But when Mark writes, his perspective is that 
the servant of all servants is here. That the greatest has to serve in his writings. And it's cool that from different angles, different writers have a different perspective. What does it mean for us today? Well, this is what it means. That means we need to be sacrificial in our doing and our giving. What does it mean for us now? That means we need to be servant-hearted. What does it mean now? That means if the toilet, uh, toilet seats are broken, you go and fix it. <laughs> so it's a personal in-house. <laughs> it's one thing to look at something which is a problem, but it's another thing to resolve the problem yourself. And it's something I have a big issue with is that now there's so many of us in the church, we can get so lazy in this whole attitude. Oh, it's just about royalty. We can just walk around doing whatever we want to do. No, no, no. That's why God reveals the face of an ox. No, it's not about that. It's also about humility. That even though you have all the power in the world, the thing is that you must serve. You must come humbly and not be a, a fiopoko. As you say in Psalm 1, I know it all. And I think it's so much in our lives that we can get so caught up in this area of our lives saying, and that's, we, we got it all, Joe. We got it all. We got it sorted. We can take the world, yes. But along the way, we need to serve. We need to serve each other. We need to be able to serve one another when we need it. We need to be able to to show mercy and grace. So the characteristics of the ox are seen as a hard worker, a get-it-done person, a person that keeps on plowing until they produce fruit. Some of you in this room are thinking, God, where's my blessing? And God's saying, you haven't done anything. What have you done? And it's not about doing, it's not about doing to work hard to, because you're already actually forgiven and saved by the grace of God. But the thing is that there's some things that are released when you're faithful and obedient to the voice of God. And some people wait, they go, oh God, you haven't done this. Remember, you spoke over my life 10 years ago. And God's going, yes, that was 10 years ago and you still haven't done anything. The thing is that God will always go back to the reference point of obedience the first time he called you. So God said something to you 10 years ago, he'll keep on bringing it back because guess what? Obedience is better than, better than sacrifice. He wants your obedience first and foremost. Are you going to do it? Are you going to step out? Are you going to obey me? Number three, the gospel of Luke is seen on the face of the man. And you've got to understand that Luke was the only gospel writer that actually never, ever had physical contact with Jesus. Dr. Luke. So he wrote from a perspective of he was a study because he was a doctor. So he would receive all the research and the, and the manuscripts and he would write about other people's revelation. And what he saw as he wrote this out in the gospel of Luke is that a lot of what Jesus was, as was, he was a, he just, his humanity was seen through. Even though he was royalty, even though he was a servant, so humble, he also was fully God and fully man. So he entered this world as a baby, Jesus. Why? Because he wanted to show us that even as a human, he can do the impossible. 
So as a face of a man, he shows his humanity. Jesus was a personal person. He was social. Some of us in the church in general, not in this church because we're quite social, but we have become antisocial. We need to get over our high horse and actually connect with people. Don't just connect with Christians. Hello? 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 <laughs> Some of us hang out with too many Christians to make us holy, holy. We need to actually rub shoulders with those who are not Christ followers. So some of Jesus in us can rub off on them. And also at the same time, we can learn a bit from them. But it doesn't change who we are. No, it doesn't. But what we need to do is actually get off our high horse in this issue and actually start connecting with people. Jesus was always available. Remember that story with the little kids? And Jesus was tired from ministry and the little kids coming running up to Jesus and the disciples got in the way. He goes, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Jesus doesn't have time for you, little kids. And Jesus goes, let the kids, let the children come to me. Jesus has got time for you. But do you have time for the unbeliever? Do you have time for the believer? Do you have time for your family? Do you have time for your friends? Don't be untouchable. Number four, the last face. Gospel of John. is reflected in the eagle. Gospel of John carries the theme of the eagle and it stands for divinity. God was God. He is infinite and we are finite. And we just got to understand in the Gospel of John, it talks about how awesome our God was. I love the fact that in the, in, in the right from the start of John, John talks about in the beginning was the Word and the Word was in God and the Word was God. And in verse 15, it says, The Word was made flesh and tabernacled amongst us, and His name was Jesus. So Jesus was before time, because we live in time. Jesus was in eternity past. And He, he invited Himself into this planet. <laughs> and Jesus can do anything He wants. He invited Himself into this existence. With all His royalty, with all His humility, He actually became humanity. Why? Because He wanted us to have connection back to divinity back to God because that's what we lost we had access to God all the time but then we lost that connection because of sin which separated us from God so this uh, gospel of John stands for eagle divinity so the first one was royalty second one was humility third one was humanity and the fourth one was divinity the cool thing about this is that we get to spend eternity with God. So what does it mean for an eagle on earth? How does it work out practically for us? Well, the eagles had razor sharp eye and vision. So we've got to have vision for our own lives. My question is, do you have vision for your life? Can you see yourself five years from now? 
Can you see yourself 10 years from now? I think some people can't even see themselves beyond their eyes closed. But it's important, you've got to have vision for your life. You actually got to wake up and open your eyes and, and start having visioning for you. Because once you have vision for yourself, you can start having vision for other people. So I had vision for myself in my life. And then God came and He actually ambushed me. I was doing my own thing. He ambushed me and He took me on His plan. And when I realized that my vision was actually weak compared to God's vision, I took on His vision. And what happened is that even though I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, I was doing the will of the Father. I understood something, that when I met Lydia, that's the same heart and vision God placed in her was similar to mine. And there was a connection straight away. But my question to you today is, do you have vision for yourself? If you don't, you've got to pray, God, give me vision. Where do you see me in five years' time? If you don't have vision for yourself, then how can you have vision for your family? Because you've got to have vision for your family. If you don't have a vision for your family, that means you're going to be like wheels of a tire stuck in the mud. Just spinning around, going nowhere. You've got to have vision. Also, as an eagle, that whole side and facet of God is the watchful side. So you've got to be watchful. You've got to be watchful of how you live your life. You've got to watch your finances. You've got to watch your purity. You've got to watch your example. You've got to watch your marriage and your children. You've got to be mindful that they're always watching you. So you've got to be watchful all the time. Eagle eyes. Looking around, always mindful, always eager, and spiritually always aware of what's going on. So we have the lion, the ox, the eagle, and the man. Royalty, humility. Uh, the eagle obviously stands for divinity, and the man stands for humanity. Did you know that the 12 tribes of Israel were broken up into those four areas? So the, the lion, symbol on the, the banner of the tribes. You know when they went into the desert and they had the tabernacle in the desert? So on each banner, it had a symbol. The first symbol on the first banner was a symbol of the lion, which represented Judah, Issachar, and Sebulon. There was one tribe. The symbol of the ox or the calf, because they couldn't just distinguish what it looked like when they actually had this uh, symbol on the thing. So this is like Jewish history when they actually had to reveal this. The ox represented Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. Those were the tribes that sat under that. The eagle represented Dan, Asher, and Naphtali, which were the tribes under that banner. Pretty cool, eh? And the man... The, the vision of the, the picture on the, on the banner of the man, the tribes are represented by them were Reuben, Simeon, and Gold, which were the three different tribes under that banner. It's pretty crazy, eh? Why would they do that? Because the tabernacle on earth had to represent what was happening in heaven. So the blueprint in heaven had to be reflected and was reflected on earth through those. It's pretty cool. Uh, Lydia's father studied this for, what, 35 years, eh? 35 years studying the tabernacle. It's pretty crazy. And it's amazing when you break these up, how detailed God was in the order of God. 
and how he reflected heaven. What is in heaven had to be reflected on earth. So what happened was God's divine plan or design for the tabernacle had to be reflected in that way. Because in heaven, surrounding him were the ox, the lion face, the man face, and the eagle face. Crazy. <laughs> I feel like I had to have spooky music or something. But it's amazing because God is a God of order. And he knew exactly what he was doing. So how do we do this in our lives? How do we reflect it? That means in our own lives, we need to reflect those areas. We, we need to reflect the, the royalty of God, which covers authority, which covers dominion. We need to reflect the humility of God, servanthood, to serve others. We need to reflect the ox-like or the, what was that one? Humanity. Humanity with a man. Humanity. That you are touchable, that you are social, that you can connect. The people, you're not untouchable. And also, the last one was the eagle. You need to reflect this whole thing of, which is another part of it. We can talk about giftings because all the giftings are broken up into these four areas. So the eagle reflects the prophetic. You need to have the edge of actually connecting with what heaven's doing on earth. Cool. So there's so much into it. This would probably take a whole month to go through, but it's only broken down in 30 minutes. So you can understand you need to do your own study on this and actually break it up. Because once you can start seeing it, you understand that God planned everything. And all the details, everything about it was actually handcrafted by God. So how do we outwork this in our lives? Well, in our life, we can actually be that person to other people. Don't be, don't be so stingy with your time that you can not be social with other people and connect with them and let God's light shine through you. That time where you actually sit down with someone and actually help them make some decisions in their lives or sit down with someone and actually help them see for themselves a fresh vision for their future. So all those attributes are reflected in the four faces of the Lord. Cool. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you, Lord God, this morning, that, Lord, that you are a God of detail. That, God, even though you're this infinite God, the creator of heaven and earth, all, all things seen and unseen, you still care about us, the individual. And this morning, Lord God, as we're gathered today in this place, Lord God, I pray that what's been shared this morning would help us understand our authority, help us understand the vision that you've given us, that, Lord, help us understand that we are not untouchable. And also help us to understand that it does require hard work at times to get things done. And, Lord, I want to thank you for that, Lord God. I want to thank you that you reflect all those things, Lord God, that even in heaven 24-7, there's creatures around your throne with the seraphim and uh, cherubim, Lord God, are singing, holy, holy, holy is our Lord God Almighty. And God, we just want to pray this morning that as we go home, as we continue our day, continue our week, that this just wouldn't just be another word, Lord, but I pray that you would 
Reveal to us areas out of those faces that we need to adjust in our lives, Lord God. That even right now, Lord God, those who don't have vision, I pray that area of, of who you are and the attributes of who you are as an eagle, Lord God, will be reflected in our lives, Lord God. That we start to have vision for our family. That first we start to have vision for ourselves. Those, are those in this room, Lord God, that are finding it hard to make decisions, Lord God, I pray that you would reveal yourself in the characteristic of that lion, Lord God. There's assertive, that's decisive, that makes decisions, that gets it done. And Lord, if we're, if we're in this room and we're thinking, and we've been a bit lazy, Lord God, with the call on our lives, I pray the Lord, you reveal that attribute or that side of the ox, Lord God, that reveals to us that actually we need to put our head down and get it done. Little by little, little by little. Lord, I thank you for those sides that you reveal to us in Revelation to Ezekiel and also through the text in the New Testament and through Paul, Lord God. I want to thank you, Lord God. We want to honor you for your word. And I pray we wouldn't just hear it, Lord, today, but we would apply it in our lives, Lord God. We thank you and we honor you, Lord. If you just start with your eyes closed, if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, now, no, that's, that's cool what you talked about, the different facets or the different angles or different attributes of who God is. You know, all these facets and faces, they, they represent one person and his name is Jesus. And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't know who Jesus is or you've had a kind of a, a rough understanding of who this Jesus is, well, my, my challenge to you this morning is don't just know about him, know him. And if you're sitting here today and you want to pray that Jesus will come into your life and be the Savior of your life, man, I'd love to pray with you after the service. Just come to the front and we just pray together. And it's a simple thing of acknowledge that Jesus is Lord.